Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sicha from Lakuta Sichas Chedukidbeis Parshas Achere, and the topic of the sicha is that in this week's parsha we learn how before the Isser of Arayos, so Hashem said Ani Hashem Alekechem, and we learn the teaching of Rashi on it. And there are three parts in the sicha. The Rebbe will number one explain Rashi on a simple level. Number two ask eight questions on Rashi, and number three, answer all eight questions. On the Pesukim in our parsha, where Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Daber el Bnei Yisrael, speak to the Bnei Yisrael, v'amartel lehem, and you should say to them, Ani Hashem alekeichem, I am Hashem your God, k'maise eretz Mitzrayim asher yishaftem like the actions of the land of Mitzrayim, where you resided, lo yisasu v'gemer, you should not do, v'gemer, etc., and the third goes on, to speak about the Isser of Arayis. So Rashi quotes the words, Ani Hashem Alekechem, and he gives two explanations. What do these words mean, Ani Hashem Alekechem? The first one is that Hashem was telling the Yidin, Ani Husha Marti Besinai, Anoichi Hashem Alekechem. I was the one that said, by Harsinai, Anoichi Hashem Alekechem. Viki Balta Malechem Alchusi. And you accepted upon yourselves my Malchus. So Me'ata Kabluk Zeiraisai. So now accept upon yourselves my Zeiraisai. So Hashem was saying in the words, Ani Hashem Alekechem, He was saying to the Yidin, I am the one that said, by Harsinai, and you accepted upon my, yourselves my Malchus, so now accept upon yourselves my Xeris, my decrees. Then a second explanation, Rabbi Eimer, Rabbi says, It is revealed and known in front of Hashem, that they were destined to be pulled strongly into Arayas, in the days of Ezra, and the Fichach Therefore, he came upon them with a decree. And he said, Ani Hashem Alekechem. He was saying with these words, Hashem was telling the Yidin, De'u mi geyzer Alekechem. Know who is the one that is decreeing this upon you. Dayan lihi para. He is a judge to punish. Veneman l'shalim sachar. And he is trusted to pay reward. So the simple meaning of Rashi is that it doesn't seem to be understood over here. What is the meaning of the Sivoy that Moshe should talk to the Yidin and inform them that Ani Hashem Alekechem. What's the Chiddush in this? After Hashem took them out of Mitzrayim, gave them the Torah, etc., etc., etc. So what type of tzivoy is this? To tell the Yidin, Ani Hashem And therefore Rashi explains that it's not something for itself. It's not an independent tzivoy that Moshe should tell the Yidin, Ani Hashem But rather it's an introduction to what's written afterwards about the Isser of Arayis. And then he presents a second explanation that also there, again, it's an introduction just in a different way to the Isser of Arayis. And there are eight questions here. The first question is that Rashi teaches in the beginning of Parshas Ve'era on the words Ani Hashem, where Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, Ani Hashem, and you can have the same difficulty. Moshe Rabbeinu already knows Hashem. So Rashi explains, Neman l'shalim sochar toiv l'mashalchim l'fanai v'chulu, that I am trusted to give a good reward to those who go before me. Uvaloshan azem otzinu shehunidrush b'kamem and we find that it's in this way that it's explained in many places that it means to say, Ani Hashem, I am Hashem, Neman li para I am trusted to punish, and Neman litin sachar, and I'm trusted to give a reward. And so Rashi says over there clearly the meaning of these words, Ani Hashem, and he says that, Uvaloshan Azemotzinu Shehu Nidrush Bekamemakaymas, and we find that this is how it's explained in many places. And so the question is, why does Rashi point it out over here again? And more importantly, that he explains it in a different way. Because both Purushim are different than the way the Rashi explained it over there. Because the first Purush says that it has to do with Kabbalah of the Xeris. 
It has to do with Hashem saying, and you accepted my malchus. Hashem is saying, now accept my xeris. And also according to the second parish, Rashi's explanation is that why is it written here, not in order to say that Hashem is Nemon Lipara and Nemon Litan Sachar, but rather it's said over here because that they're destined to be pulled into Arayas. And the meaning of the words, not the reason the words are written here, the meaning of the words is Namon Lipara and Namon Litin Sachar, which is different than what Rashi explains in Parshas Ve'era, that that's not just the meaning of the words, that's the reason the words are written. So why does Rashi point it out over here again? And more importantly, why does he explain it according to both explanations in Rashi in a different way? The second question is, what's the difference in Pashtas Ayinyanim, not in Drush, Rembez, or Said, but in Pashtas Ayinyanim, what's the difference between Kabbalas Malchusi and Kabbalas Agzeris? And actually, if we look at Rashi himself, Rashi says on Aseris Adibris, on the very beginning, So Rashi explains, That for the that's enough that you should be to me. So we see that Rashi is explaining the words which talk about and they refer to that it's directly related to it's one and the same. If you accept the Malchus, that means you're going to be Meshubah to Hashem. So in Pashtas Einanim, what's the difference between Kabbalos HaMalchus and Kabbalos Agzeris? And especially when we look at Rashi himself, it seems that he's saying that they're one and the same. The third question is, on the other hand, if we're going to explain in Pashtas Einanim that they are indeed different, that Kabbalos HaMalchus is one thing and Kabbalos Agzeris is something else, then Kabbalah Sagzeris should have been said before the very first mitzvah, and it shouldn't have waited all the way to here in order to tell the Yidden to be Makabal Hashem's Gzeris. The fourth question is, what's the diuk of Rashi using the word Gzeirisai, and not the more common word that we find in Rashi of Mitzvaisai? The fifth question is, we explained already many times that when Rashi brings two Purushim or more, so the reason for that is because each one has a difficulty that the other one doesn't have. And in addition, the one that's brought first, so its difficulties are less than the one that's brought second. And that's why the first one is first, because it's less difficult. And so the question over here is, what's the difficulty in each parish? It seems that both parishim fit very nicely into the Pasuk. The sixth question is, we also spoke many times that in general, Rashi doesn't mention the name of the Baal HaMemra, the one who said this teaching. And the reason is very simple, because it's not relevant for understanding the teaching itself. And so from this is understood that in an instance where Rashi does mention who the Baal HaMemra is, so that proves to us that also the name of the Baal HaMemra is relevant, it is important for understanding the explanation of Rashi. And so we have to understand over here what is added in the second Pirush by Rashi saying that the one who said this teaching is Rebbe. The seventh question is, why does Rashi say, Why does Rashi use the word linotek? The more common words that Rashi would use is either or So what's the meaning of Rashi using over here the word linotek? And the eighth question is, this teaching of Rashi is taken from the Teres Kahanim. And in Teres Kahanim, it brings up there two examples of the Yidden being Nitku Barayas. It brings one from the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, which says in Pasha's Baal Eishcha, Vaishma Moshe Sa'am Baicha Lemishpa Chaisav. 
And then he also brings the example of Yimei Ezra. And when we look at Rashi, so Rashi brings from Yimei Ezra, and not from the days of Moshe, even though both of them are brought in Teres Kanim, and even though what happened in the days of Moshe was, was in their generation, and not something extremely far off. And this is especially since when we look at Rashi's Pirush on the words, So he brings as a second Pirush, indeed, what does it mean? It's related to Arayas. He says, they were crying about Arayas. So the question is, why does Rashi bring from Yimei Ezra? And it doesn't bring from the days of Moshe, even though it was that very generation. And Rashi explains that it's related to Arayas. And that's also indeed brought in the Tayar's Karnam, which is the source of Rashi's teaching. So just to point out, we have one question, which is, why do we have a need for Rashi's explanation at all? Then we have three questions on the first explanation. Then we have one question on the need for two explanations. And then we have three questions on the second explanation. So three questions on the first explanation, three questions on the second explanation, and then one question about the need for Rashi at all, and one question on the need for two explanations. So now we're going to go straight from the questions right into the answer itself. And over here in this section, we're going to answer the first four questions about why we need this parish and the three questions that we had on the first explanation of Rashi. So the explanation of all of this is as follows. Even though Rashi already explained in the beginning of Parshas Ve'era the meaning of Ani Hashem, that it means Nemon Lipara and Nemon Litin Sachar, but nevertheless here it's different. The reason it's different is because this explanation of Nemon Lipara and Nemon Litin Sachar can only be said when it says Ani Hashem at the end of something. And so it's being said in order to emphasize the severity of the matter. Whereas when it says Ani Hashem at the beginning of a Dibur, then we can't explain that it's coming to emphasize the severity of something since it didn't yet say anything. And therefore, we must say that it's not the beginning of something, but rather it's a command for itself. And like we indeed find that it's used this way in the beginning of the Asaras Adibris, where it says Anoichi Hashem Alekecha, at the very beginning of the Asaras Adibris, and it's something for itself, it's a tzivoy regarding Kabbalah Malchusay. So we have to say that it's not the beginning of something, but rather it's something for itself. However, it's understood that we can't say here that the command of Ani Hashem Alikechem is about Kabbalah Malchusay, because they already did that by Har Sinai. And we also can't say that it refers to Kabbalah HaMitzvah Bechlalus, because as we said in our second question, Kabbalah HaMitzvah is a detail of Kabbalah Malchusay. And also we can't say that it's Kabbalah HaMitzvah, because then it wouldn't belong here, but rather before the very first mitzvah. And so, and so therefore, as a result of all of this, we must say that this is a new tzivui about Kabbalah HaMitzvah HaMitzvah. How are we going to make sense of that? We're going to say that it's a tzivui about a new category of mitzvahs that they were not yet commanded about. They never got a mitzvah in this category. And also, this Kabbalah of this type of mitzvah is not included. It was not included in the Kabbalah HaMitzvah. Conceptually, when they had Kabbalah HaMitzvah, it did not include this mitzvah. And so now let's look and understand how this applies here. So the mitzvah that comes right after this new tzivui is the Isra Arayas, which, as we're going to explain later in the next section, it's Xerah. And so this proves that the tzivui of Amarta Aleihem, Ani Hashem Alekechem, is about Kabbalah HaMitzvah that are in the category of Xerahs, because this is Xerah. 
Meaning, what are we saying here when we say it's a gzera, and it's a different category of mitzvahs? That even though by Har Sinai, the Eden did Kabbalah mitzvahs, but nevertheless we can say that they only accepted such mitzvahs that are in the realm of Seichel. Meaning either it's understood, or it doesn't, Seichel doesn't negate them, Seichel doesn't oppose them. However, those mitzvahs that Seichel, and Seichel even of Gdusha opposes, then we can say that they they aren't included, they weren't included in their Kabbalah Smachoseva mitzvahs. And therefore, before commanding the Yidden now, for the very first time, about mitzvahs that are Xero, Hashem first commanded them about Kabbalah Sakhzeris. So we have something over here completely novel. We have over here that Hashem is commanding the Yidden in our parsha about a new Kabbalah, the Kabbalah of Xeris. And so this answers our first four questions. We understand why there's a need for Rashi here, because it says, Ani Hashem, before anything was yet said. We also understand how our second question, we said, isn't Kabbalah's Malchus also include Kabbalah's Xeris? We're saying that it includes Kabbalah's Amitzvahs, but not Kabbalah's Xeris, not things that are opposed to by Seichel, as we'll see what that means later. We also understand how why it was only said now and not before the very first mitzvah, because this is the very first mitzvah that is a And we also understand why Rashi uses the word gzeirah and not mitzvah because we're talking over here specifically about a new category of mitzvahs that are called gzeirahs. Now we're going to fill in a very important detail of the first explanation, which is what is the meaning when we say that, the, that Isra Arayis falls into the category of an entirely new type of mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that's in the category of, of gzeirahs. There are mitzvahs that Seichel of Gdusha not only doesn't understand, but actually opposes. So the reason the command on Arayas is called Xero is because it's understood that regarding marriage, the Yichus, the lineage, is very important. And especially when the one involved themselves has great Yichus. And like we learned and saw how the Torah speaks positive, positively of the Yichus of the wife of Aaron, who he married, that she was Elisheva, Basaminado, Vachis Nachshin. So it's telling us who her father was and even who her brother was. And like Rashi indeed says, Mikan Lamdu, from here they learned, somebody who marries a woman needs to check into the, her brothers. And so too, when Avram sent Eliezer to find a wife for her son Yitzchak, he said to him, He should go to my land and my birthplace, and take a wife for my son Yitzchak because she, she'll be from the land and the family that I came from, and she has good Yichus. And according to this, so it makes sense that the best shidduch for a person with yichus, when they themselves have yichus, is from their very own family. And the closer to them, the better. Because then the yichus is greater. And more importantly, the purpose of marriage is pruravu, and that it should lead to become basar echad through their children. And so it's understood that this is bishlemus. This vahayyulu basar echad is bishlemus when the woman is she'er besarah of the man. Because then they're already having this element of basar echad. And in Arayas, it's the total opposite. Being she'er basarai is not only something positive, but it's entirely forbidden. Ish ish, I'll call she'er basarai leisikravu. Furthermore, Hashem created the world in such a way that its existence depended on the sons of other Marishan marrying their sisters. And we know that Yaakov married sisters. And specifically by Yaakov, it was mitase shlema. He's the one that had all of his sons go in the path of Tyre and Mitzvah. And we know that Amr married his aunt, Yecheved the Dasai, and Miriam, Aaron, and Moshe were born from them. So according to all of this, the Isser of Ish, Ish, Alkol, She'er, Besari, Le Sukhavu is like what Rashi says by the Akedah. Rashi says over there, Etmol, Amartalik, 
Yesterday he told me that I'm going to have my offspring through Yitzchak. Then you said, take him and bring him as an oila. Now you're telling me, don't do anything to the child. It's back and forth. Each, each command seems to contradict the previous. And therefore, before the Isra of Arayas, it starts with a special tzivui on the Kabbalah Sakzeris, that you didn't have to accept even such mitzvahs that are that Seichel of Gdusha opposes the, the understanding of them. And only afterwards, it says the actual Isser of Arayas. But first there has to be the Kabbalah of Xeris, that the Yidin are accepting upon themselves to even fulfill such mitzvahs. Now we're going to move on to answer part of the fifth question about what's the need for two Purush and what are the difficulties in each Purush. So, however, this explanation doesn't fit perfectly for two reasons. Number one, even though Hashem only began commanding them now about Xerus, and therefore there's no need for them to accept Xerus, there was no need for them to accept Xerus until now, nevertheless, simply, on a very simple level, it would be more fitting that when Hashem commanded Yidin about Kabbalah's Malchusay, Vahamitzvahs, in general, about the general Kabbalah, He should also command them about all categories of Mitzvahs, including Xerus. And number two, even before Matan Terah, and even for, for, for Bnei Noyach, some Arayas were forbidden, which is also a Xerah. And when Yidin said Naseh, it was on everything, even those, those uh, Isurim. So it seems that there was Kabbalah Sakzerus already. Now we're going to move on to explain the second explanation in Rashi. So therefore, because of these difficulties with the first explanation in Rashi, so therefore Rashi gives a second explanation. And that is that Ani Hashem Alikechem is an introduction to the parasha that comes after it. It's not a teaching for itself, like according to Rashi's first explanation, that Hashem was telling the Yidin about Kabbalah Sagzeris. But rather, it's an introduction to the parasha that comes after it. And it means, that Hashem is telling the Yidin over here that he is para and and the reason that it's written before the whole teaching, when usually we said it's written always afterwards, is for it to be an extra emphasis about the severity of the tzivoy. And so right away, because this tzivoy is so severe, so therefore the gzera, the, the Ani Hashem, is said immediately, even before the Avera itself. And what's so severe about this Avera? Because seifan linotik ba'arayas. So, Rashi is saying in order to tell us what is so severe about the Savera that therefore it has to be right away Bali and Bigzera. So Rashi explains the reason that specifically by Arayas there is a special warning by writing the word Linotik and not Laver. He's not saying they're going to be over the Savera or Likosho, they're going to stumble in the Savera. It's Linotik. This is something very severe. It leads to, it could lead to, and it indeed led to Linotik Ba'arayas, something terrible. And that's why it has to be Bali and Bigzera right away, even before the Avera. What does Linotik mean? Linotik means to tear away and separate. And here it means to separate between Yidin and Avim Shabashamayim, their father in heaven. And like it's explained at length in Ezra, the separation that occurred at that time because of the Arayas. And here we're talking about the Arayas of a person doing an Avera with a guy. And according, and especially according to Allah, 
And as the Rambam writes, this matter of a person doing an Avera with a non-Jewish woman, so even though there's no Mrs. Bezdin involved, shouldn't be light in your eyes. But rather there's a loss in it that in all other Averas of Averas, you don't have such a loss. Because a person's son through an Avera with an Erva, it's his son for all matters, for everything, and he's part of the Jewish people. Even though he's a Mamzer. But the person's son that came that was born through an Averi with a non-Jewish woman, it's not his son. As it says in the Pasuk, that he's he turns him away from being part of being part of Hashem, that he's not a Jewish child. And this is also so in Shil Mikra. And like Rashi says in the Pasuk that where it says Shanamar Rashi says, Limdanu, it teaches us, Sheben Bidcha Abomenagai, that the son of your daughter that was born through a guy, Kari Bincha, he's still your son. Avoben Bincha Abomenagaya, but the son of your son that was born because your son did an Aver with a non Jewish woman, Ainai Kari Bincha, it's not considered your son, Ella but rather it's her son. And because of the severity of the matter, and because also he knew that Saifan indeed, therefore we had to warn them in a very strong way. And so immediately, even before this Avera said, we have the the Ani Hashem the Hashem telling them this 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 that he is Neman Lipara and Neman Litan Sachar. And therefore Rashi doesn't mention because there was no Linotik there. That didn't have to do with the Isser of a boil goya, of a person doing an aver with a non-Jewish woman. That's why Rashi only mentions about Ezra. And even though Isser Bilas Nachris is not in this parsha, it's actually not mentioned in our parsha. Nevertheless, since over here in our parsha, Hashem starts commanding about Arayas, which includes Isser Bilas Nachris, that's also part of Arayas, so therefore he emphasizes the severity over here. And so with this we answered our 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 uh, some of our questions on the second answer. We answered why does does Rashi use the word linotic? That's the most important word over here. It tells us why it makes sense that we have this neman lipara and neman litan sachar before the mitzvah is even said. Because what we're talking about over here is an avera that could completely separate a yid from from Hashem, because the child is not considered a Jewish child. And we also understand why it doesn't mention anything about. Because that's not connected to the, this Isra Arayas, which leads to Lenotic. What we still have to understand is what are the difficulties in this answer? And also, one question we had in this answer why does Rashi say the name of the Bala member? Why does he say that Rebbe said this? Now we're going to move on to explain what are the difficulties with the second explanation, and also why does Rashi say that Rebbe is the one that said the second explanation. However, this explanation doesn't fit perfectly, and even more than the first explanation doesn't fit. Because it's difficult to say in Pshut Mikra that something is done over here because of an event that happened many years later, and about a tzivoy, the tzivoy itself of Bilas, Bilas Goya, that only comes in a later parsha. So the whole severity of this thing is the result of something that will happen many, many years later, and the mitzvah itself that is so severe is not really even mentioned here. 
And therefore Rashi needs the first explanation, and not only does he need the first one, but it's the main one, because the difficulties on the second explanation are greater than the difficulties on the first explanation. And nevertheless, in order to somewhat remove the difficulty that the terror will speak about something that will only come many years later, so therefore Rashi says that Rebbe said this explanation, in order to somewhat lessen the difficulties this difficulty on the second explanation. Rebbe, we know, organized and wrote the Mishnayis, even though the halacha is that you're not allowed to write down and the reason he did this is because the Pasuk says in Tehillim, capital that was a time to do for Hashem, and they were made for the Torah. And so we see that Rebbe explains a Pasuk that was said by David HaMelech, he explained it in such a way that it refers to the writing of the Mishnah, which only happened also many, many, many years later. And so that's why Rashi says the name of Rebbe in order to somewhat lessen the difficulty on the second explanation.